at your Bibles, let's go to, let's go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And this is just a, uh, it's a thought that I've pondered pretty much all morning. And I just want to share some thoughts with you. And, and this is Paul writing to the Philippian church. And verse 6 says, being confident in this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Have you ever found yourself, I don't know, feeling as though you can't? Go on, or maybe not, not that you can't go on. You're at, you ask yourself these questions. Why should I try? Why keep doing it? I mean, after all, my life's not changing. Nothing, nothing's turning out the way I've expected it. Why keep putting the effort? Why keep going to church? Why keep reading the Bible? Why keep believing? You ever found yourself there? I mean, after all, nothing's changing. So if nothing's going to change, then why not live a life less interrupting? Don't y'all know that being a Christian is a very interrupting life? God has this way of stepping in the middle. How many of you know that you're a work in progress? Can I talk to you a little bit this morning? I just want to sit in your living room for a minute. And what I mean by you're a work in progress, you're not working to progress. You're a work in progress. I want to try to help you this morning because I feel that many times... And, and I'm, I myself am included in this. But we, we try so hard for so long to do good. You're a Christian, right? Don't you have to try to be good to be saved? Don't you try to be good so that he'll still love you? Have you ever found, I mean, have you ever found yourself walking out the Christian life trying to do good? And then still find yourself doing bad. Anybody ever fail? You ever, you ever slipped up, stumped your toe, um, three o'clock in the morning, maybe said something that you hoped Jesus was sleeping and he didn't hear you say Have you ever been challenged in your failures? And what I mean by that is being challenged by other people. I was sitting just pondering this this morning, just, just thinking about it. How many, how many times have I been challenged in my own failures? 
And, and granted, it's, it's not that people don't like you or they don't love you or they don't appreciate you. They just happen to notice you failed. And people being people love to let you know where you failed, where you've gone wrong. You don't have too many people pat you on the back for the good. You've got most of the people telling you where you've gone wrong. Man, doesn't that make a hard... It makes a hard day. Just to get through the day knowing that someone has come up and counseled with you on your failures. It's 9 o'clock in the morning and they already talked about... And most of the stuff that they see or most of the stuff they want to approach are things that you've done last week, last year, last relationships. They, they want to they point those things out to you. They don't, they don't want to give you the benefit of the doubt that perhaps you're still standing. They want to point where you failed. Man, what a miserable, miserable walk that it would be if I had to walk based on my failures in other people's eyes, let alone myself. See, I don't know about you. I just know how I am in a failure and how, how much I beat myself up. Especially because, well, I was going to try to just, I just wanted to talk. I'm harder on myself than most people could ever be. And it's, it comes when I finally realize my failure. Have you ever walked along and you've, You've walked along for a year and then you finally figure out, hey, I probably shouldn't be walking this way and I've been doing it for... See, you've been failing for a year. You just never... You just never recognized it. And one day it was like... You're like, wow. I could change so much in my life if I was just to change... Just one thing. But Christians want you to change everything. Church wants you to change everything. All at one time. Boy, aren't we just a gentle, loving, caring group of people. Because we... Oh, now that you've got that done, now let's work on this. I mean, you get war... You get wore out trying to walk a Christian life, trying to, trying to be good. Because we've been taught and we've been, um, it's not educated, but it's indoctrinated. We, we've been indoctrinated that you've got to be good to be saved. Because God knows if you do something wrong, you've lost your salvation and Jesus has given up on you. 
And now you've got to go through it all again. How many times, all right, I've, I've experienced this, so I'll, I'll go down this road with you. You go to church on Sunday every week, and every week on Sunday, you go back to the altar asking for forgiveness in front of everybody. And you got the people that look down their nose because they're hiding their sins, or they've yet to realize that they've had a failure a time or two in their life. And they look down their nose at you and going, well, didn't he go to the altar? Didn't she go to the altar last week? Now we wonder why being a Christian is so complicated. Since when do I have to deal with condemnation when I want to go and talk to God about some of my own failures? Because see, God's in the business of restoration. He's not interested in embarrassing you or, or ridiculing you or anything. God is, God is standing at the door of your heart every day going, it's okay. I understand you can't be perfect. And I understand that you're not going to make it without me. That's why I rest here. So when you fail, come to me and everything, I will take care of it. I'll have, I will extend you the grace to cover you as you grow in a relationship with me. I wonder how many of you have been caught in a failure and somebody's told you about it. <coughs> They've let you know where you've done wrong. You ever been there? Don't it make you want to go back to them? Man, it makes you want to put them on the top friends list. You got one time, tell me about my failure. You tell me about it again next week, you go on to the bottom of the list. We have put, we've put ourselves in jeopardy by thinking that our salvation and our possibilities of having an eternal life with Jesus Christ is based on us doing good. I am so glad that he reminded me this morning. That it ain't up to me. It was up to him. He extended the grace. And the moment that I receive his grace... Paul said it like this, in this be confident. In this I am confident that God, the one that started a good thing in you, will complete it. Stop worrying so much about doing good and start focusing on just being Saved. Knowing and realizing and understanding that your salvation was never hinged on your being good. We were horrible at the moment when he came and said, hey, come here. 
He didn't tell us to go home and take a shower. He didn't tell us to go buy new wardrobes. He didn't tell us to walk different. He didn't tell us to stand up straight. He said, come here. Let me love on you. I think a lot of us have put a lot of weight in how tight we hold on to Christ. And it's not how tight of a grip we have on him. It's how tight of a grip he has on us. See, I don't have to talk to you this morning. I need to talk to me. Because see, even in my failures, even in my shortcomings, he holds to me so dear Are you listening? You're going to fail. You're going to do things in the eyes of others that they don't understand. Or maybe they don't appreciate. Or maybe they're struggling with how you're struggling. But all I can tell you this morning is Jesus reminded me that I've got a grip on you. I will hold to you. See, don't you, sometimes it frustrates me that he has more faith in me than I have in him. I'm talking to Christians now and this, y'all done got holy. You've never been there? Come on, you can't tell me that you've never stood and went, God, I wish I believed in me as much as you do. Because see, when we start to take inventory on our lives and we start seeing that everything that God has put in our pathway and everything that life has given us, we start to wonder, God, how did you ever think that I would ever make it? I didn't ever think that I would get through it. And yet you just kept holding my hand and leading me through it. Because he has more faith in you than you have in him. I'm not, this is not a condemnation. I just want you to understand that the grip that God has on your life is one that can't be separated. All that, does it, it doesn't mean that you're protected from everything in the world because there's some things you've got to go through. We all know that. That's no big surprise. There's, you're going you're gonna to go through hell and life with or without Christ. Can I tell you that this morning? But can I tell you that if you decide to take him along with you, you can be confident in this. That he that began a good work We'll complete it. <laughs> See, I don't even need to talk to y'all this morning. I can go outside in the woods and talk to myself. Because there's times in, in my life, and I'm sure there's times in yours, where you look and you shake your head and go, God, I just, if I'm going to keep screwing it up, why bother? And he's got to keep reminding us. 
that it's not you. It's me. I died for you. You didn't die for me. If I started it in you, I'll finish it in you. But the problem is we have these great friends of ours that want to tell us everything that we've done wrong. That want to remind us, well, I thought you got saved last Sunday. Oh, I thought you were serving Jesus. Where's God at now? And we allow stuff like that to penetrate not just our minds, but our hearts. And we begin doing what we believe. We begin, we begin acting out and walking out a life in what we believe because of other people. Other groups of people. I just come to tell you this morning that he loved me so much that he said, I'm just not going to die with you or die for you, but I'm going to die with you. See, I got to die every day, but I can't do it without him. I, I can't... I can't surrender me without him. Because it, it takes something inside of us to know who Jesus is that would cause us and give us a desire to release the stuff that we hold on to. And we hold on to so much stuff that is so far left. Ecclesiastes, I believe, says, he calls it this way, vanity. Because we hold on to so much stuff so dear. And we don't realize that we're sacrificing the love that God has for us. For something that is perishable. See, naked you come into this world and naked you will leave. Nothing that you've achieved here can you take with you. What's worth the fight? Eternity with him? Or a relationship, or a job, or a car, or a house here. Paul is letting the church know that the confidence that he wants them to boast on isn't of themselves. But the confidence should be put in God. Because it's in him that we should have our confidence. Because he never fails. We fail daily. Most of us fail moment by moment by moment. 
I heard a guy talking about 60 seconds of life. And he was talking about there's 30, I don't forgot what it was, 34,850 seconds in a day or something. But he broke it down like that and he said, why would we allow someone to take 60 seconds and steal 38,000? Whatever, how many ever seconds it is. Y'all can figure it out. I'm not here to give you a math class. But we will take things that are temporal and make eternal decisions. Somebody can tick you off in 60 seconds or less and destroy your whole day if you're not careful. Let them have that moment. Why tie yourself up with it? I've got the rest of the day. I might want to go enjoy myself. But I can't if I'm worried about what you've said or what you've done. Some things we have to just let go. And a lot of this is the failures that people remind you about. You see, I can, it's not that, it's, it's, it's not that we aren't to talk to one another about our sins or whatever. Um, I don't want to talk about failures because I don't think you need to talk to me about my failure. I think you need to keep your mouth shut. If I'm in sin, call it out. If I'm failing, leave me alone. Galatians puts it like this. If you see someone that has failed, if you see someone that has slipped, he says, you that are the saints, you that are so holy, you ought go and lift him up and restore them with mercy. Lest you too find yourself being tempted. But what do we do? We want to remind us of our failures. Instead of helping us build our confidence that the one that started a good work will complete it. Are you still trying to finish it? You still trying to complete it? Because you have daily devotions? You stepped it up a notch. You do three times a day now. Trying to do good. See, it's one thing about having a head knowledge. Satan's got head knowledge. Some of you catch that at lunchtime. I don't care how many times you've read the Bible. Don't care how many scriptures you can quote. Don't care how many times you've gone to church and don't care how much money you've dedicated to the kingdom. 
If you do not know Jesus and Jesus does not know you, you will depart. You with me? How many of you are, how many of you are, are, are being good? Come on. Got a couple that's trying to be good. There's, there's not one that's good. The Bible says no. Not one. So we had three liars up in church. I'm joking. What I want to encourage you this morning is, is not to judge someone by their fall. Because you don't know how long it was they tried standing. See, all you see is someone giving up but you don't know what hell they went through that brought them to the point they were at. But we'll judge them by their fall. We won't congratulate them on their standing. Because most cases we don't even know. Because the church has taught us to be blessed and highly favored and lie before we even get the Sunday started. Telling everybody how good life is, knowing good and well, you threw a bowl of grits up against the wall and they're still going to be stuck there when you get home after church because somebody made you mad. We, we won't talk to each other about the struggles But boy, we'll throw the condemnation on the fall. The ones that walk away from kingdom living will poke, will judge, and we'll say this out of ignorance I don't know how. Pray that you never do. See, when you can see the strong fall, the strong in your eyes, can I tell you that everybody in here lives the same thing every day? There are things in your life that get you. There are things in your life that get to you. Everybody has it. So when you're looking at someone and you go, man, they are just so, they're just so sound. They're just so, they're so stable. They're so, they're so holy. 
You have no idea what they're going through. And then when they fall, how dare they? They are a disgrace. Be careful that you don't fall into that temptation. See, I don't know why you come to church to, to say your hallelujahs or to, to praise God or to sing your songs or to worship the Lord. I, I don't know what it is that drives you to do that, but this morning I've got to remind you of some things that I had to take inventory on of, of why it is that I do what it is that I do because I know where I came from. I know what God pulled me out of. I know that regardless of all the failures that everybody's ever seen me do, I know that he that began a good work, because I've got confidence in him. I ain't got confidence in people. Nope, I don't trust none of you. There ain't nothing good. The heart's wicked. Isn't it? Man, the people that you think draw close to you because they, they like you or they love you or they want to be your friend, they want to be a... I'm not going anywhere with this, by the way, just chill. All they're trying to do is gather ammunition because the war is on its way. The ones that you think are the closest to you are the ones you need to keep the furthest away from you. We have to be careful. I don't need you judging me every day. What patches I put on my vest. I don't need you judging me. He said, oh, I didn't know we could put those hats on the vest. Hey, never mind. <laughs> never mind. It's not even worth trying to get into it. How long have you fought to stand? Anybody tired? Are you tired of standing? Some of you are probably anticipating the fall. After all, we failed before. It's only a matter of time. many times have you failed?
You ever took a left when you should have took a right? Yeah, me too. We stood up when we should have sat down. People that's not married don't understand that. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you've been reminded of your failure. Maybe somebody reminded you just this week of where it was that you have failed. Be confident in this very thing. That he, God, who began a good work in you will complete until the day of Jesus Christ return. You don't have to be confident in you. Matter of fact, don't even. Because you are going to fail. But thanks be to God. That he will never fail me. And that he'll keep me. Even in my failure. Some of you might have just had a baggage. Of weights just dropped off your shoulder this morning. Because you've been fighting to do good. And I'm trying to convince you this morning. Don't worry about it. Just be saved. He adopted you into the beloved. He chose you. And he promised to keep you. Don't give up because someone else has. Ooh. Don't you dare give up because someone else has already given up on you. You have to keep on keeping on. You know you're not listed as a failure if you get up, right? Don't let people remind you of your weaknesses. So much so that you're willing to walk away. God chose not to walk away from you. He chose to stand. In the face of it all, he chose to stand. In the middle of your sin, he chose to stand. What blows my mind is that he, he chose to do it before I was even chosen. If we talking about just loving somebody based on what they've done for you up to that point. Jesus loves us. The Bible says that he loves us with an everlasting love. 
an everlasting love, an eternal love. That means, guess what? You go screw up tomorrow, he go love you. Whether your husband or wife don't, he will. Whether your kids do or don't, he will. You have to choose. You got to choose not to give up. And I'm not talking about giving up on doing good. I'm talking about just giving up on him. Your confidence has to be sure in him. But, preacher, you don't understand. I mean, I'm here one day, here the next. I don't care. Guess what? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's got you covered. He started a good work in you. What does that mean? Well, I'm not even saying, what does that mean? He started a good work in you when he chose to die for you. That was his beginning work. And he's going to complete it. See, we can't wrap our heads around that he loves us so much that he will chase after us. Thank God I got somebody running after me. Not trying to kill me either. Being confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I needed some bread from heaven. See, Mike, I got to be reminded. My confidence can't be in me. If I'm relying on me to take me where God wants me, I'll never. But if I can just be confident in knowing that I will push through and I, that I, will, I will be confident in him. See, it, it's, God, how do I know you haven't left me? Because I still struggle with the flesh. You know, the moment that you stop struggling with your flesh is the moment you better get a checkup. You better go to the doctor, the chief physician, and get a checkup. Because the spirit wars against the flesh. So if I'm constantly putting myself in check, and I'm constantly fighting against something in my flesh, I'm still good. Every, be confident that he'll finish it. The moment you stop not worrying about what it is that you do and don't do and whether it's right or whether it's wrong or whether it's indifferent. You, the moment that you stop and that you put away any spirituality in your life, that's the moment you better check. Because see, you, your heart, 
and your flesh? Oh, shoot. They can walk through a field of daisies holding hands and all is good. Because your heart's wicked and so is your flesh. It's the spirit that I need. He's the one that says, eh. Pastor, I wasn't wanting this this morning. I needed something else. It's been a long week. Remember I used to tell you that it may not be for you today. Bear with it. Bear one another's burdens. If it's not for you today, just act like it is. Just enjoy yourself so that someone else can get what they need. Because you too will need this eventually. Oh, it may not be today. Life might be good. Wait till you pick them boys up. Life just turned around. It only takes a moment. Somebody's going to make you mad at lunch. They're not going to wait your table fast enough. They're going to pour water in your lap. They're going to bring you unsweet tea instead of sweet tea. They're going to bring you a well-done steak instead of a medium-rare steak. See, somebody's going to fail. But they need you to remind them about the confidence in God. Don't let somebody fall on your watch without you patting them on the back for standing. See, I hate it when people counsel other people. And they want to talk to you about, well, if you would have done, you wouldn't be Instead of asking, how long did you stand? We've got people in here that are standing all tired. It ain't going to take but a little, <laughs> but they're standing. See, you made it through yesterday. Now you just get through today. And if you don't, be confident. He's already got a plan of good to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. He'll complete it. Be confident. Because we serve someone that is able. I'm just glad that he was able. 
Because if I'd have left it up to me, buddy, long gone, drunk in a ditch, dead. You're still standing. It's okay. You're still standing. Don't quit. Don't give up. He holds tomorrow. You ain't got to worry about that either. 